Hey everyone, Tommy here, and this is Fighting Words. My friends got tired of hearing me talk about fights, so I did what everyone does. I started a podcast. I'm not an analyst, I'm a fan of the sport, so expect some different takes and breakdowns from a different perspective. But enough about that, let's talk about some fights. Two weekends ago, we had Bellator 238 and UFC Fight Night Blades vs. Dos Santos. I'm going to go ahead and start with Bellator 238, which the main event was Julia Budd versus Chris Cyborg. And so, watching the fight in the first round, I really thought Bud had a shot. They spent some time in the clinch. Bud seemed to be a little bit stronger. Well, that didn't last much longer <laughs> after the first round. Cyborg threw a lot of strikes and just overall broke Bud down. And late in the third round, Bud was in danger of losing, but made it out of there. Then in the fourth, Cyborg knew it was time. Cyborg flew a hell of a flurry, dropped Bud, and got the TKO win with a body shot and became the new Bellator champion. Cyborg got what she wanted when she got away from the UFC, away from Nunez, and her career will probably end in Bellator and as a champion. In the co-main event, we had Darian Caldwell versus Adam Borix for the, I believe it was quarterfinals? Of the flyweight Grand Prix. And in this. Caldwell completely busted my bracket. He took Borix down real fast. And got the submission two minutes in. With a rear naked choke. I wish there was more to the fight. But Caldwell's really good. I didn't expect him to beat Borix. And I didn't expect it to happen like that at all. Especially if you look back at his performances. Against Choji Horiguchi. I was like. Borix has this. He's the bigger dude. He's stronger. Nope, not at all. Wrestling, takedown, submission. And Caldwell got the win. If he was going to win, I thought it was going to be by decision, and Borix was going to finish it. Now, nope, still completely wrong. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to move on to UFC Fight Night Blades versus Dos Santos. Curtis Blades versus Junior Dos Santos was a fight I was kind of surprised by, because Blades did exactly what he needed to do. Got takedowns, and showed the threat of it that made Dos Santos think twice with his striking. Then in the second round, Blades got a nasty TKO, proving he's one of the best heavyweights in the UFC. Now, if he hadn't done that with the takedowns and kind of making Dos Santos think twice with his boxing, I think he would have got lit up like a Christmas tree. But he fought smart, and he fought real well. And in the co-main event, we had Rafael Dos Anjos versus Michael Chiesa. This fight kind of went... Pretty much how I expected. Wasn't the most entertaining fight, but Chiesa dominated on the ground. And that's no minor feat. Dos Santos is a legit Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu specialist. But Chiesa is just on another level. He was able to stand when needed and got the fight back to the ground. While he couldn't submit Dos Anjos, he still got the win in a pretty dominant fashion. And this kind of continues a little bit of a rough patch for Dos Anjos, so I'm not too sure what's next for him. A lot of people are saying that he should retire. I don't think so. I think he just kind of needs to evaluate things. So we're going to go ahead and move on to what's next for the winners. I said a minute ago, Cyborg will probably retire as the Bellator champion. The question is who's next? And right now, I think there's the only person who could be in there is Arlene Blencow. Blencow is a hell of a boxer and beat Leslie Smith in November and is on a three-fight win streak. I pretty much guaranteed there would not be a single takedown in that fight, 
and it would be a boxing match. Someone's going to sleep. It would be super fun to watch. Other than that, if you give Kat Zingano a fight and she wins, sure, give that fight to Cyborg. It was a fight that people were interested in when they were both in the UFC. Why not make it in Bellator if Zingano gets a win and then Cyborg's out for a long time? But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Blencal is the clear-cut number one contender and Cyborg probably won't be out for too long. And for Darian Caldwell, we know he's fighting AJ McKee next in the tournament. And that's a really fun fight. McKee is good wherever the fight goes. And that's a fight that I don't hate seeing is mainly a grappling match. I know a lot of people, they're not really entertained by that kind of fight. But there's something special when you have two high-level grap... When you have a high-level grappling match and there's actually stuff happening when with the wrestlers or submission artists, whether they're getting takedowns, reversing position, stuffing them, it... I will for sure have my eye on this fight, but I don't think it's going to be the most entertaining fight for most fans. Now for Curtis Blades, he's in a little bit of a rough spot, with DC likely getting the trilogy fight, and rightfully so. Blades has an argument for a title fight, and but his losses to Nganu really hurt him. Nganu deserves a title shot as well, but he's fighting Rosenstruik. And then if John Jones goes up, heavyweight's all in a huge mix. Who knows what's going to happen? So I would say he fights the winner of this weekend's fight of Derek Lewis versus Ear Latifi for the, in the interim to get past that fight. Then maybe we're looking at a title fight. Who knows? Michael Chiesa called his shot for Colby Covington in July. And I don't hate that fight. It'd be a really, really hard fight for Chiesa because of how great of a wrestler Colby is, it would be harder to take him down. I I would have matched him up with more so of like a Neil Magny, but if he gets the Colby fight, I'm not mad at it. Alright, so let's move on to the news. I forgot to mention this last time, but Israel Adesanya versus Yoel Romero is official for UFC 248. And I get that Costa is injured, but come on. Romero is on a two-fight losing streak and doesn't deserve a title shot at all. Hell, Bisping versus Henderson made more sense. Is it a fun fight to watch? Sure, I'm gonna watch it. Other than the fact that I kind of have to to break it down here. But I'm gonna watch it. It's just not a fight that makes sense right now. Like, why not let him get a win, then fight Adesanya, and then Adesanya could fight Till or Cannoneer or whoever. And I originally wasn't going to talk about this one, but screw it. Stephen A. Smith called out Cowboy, calling him a quitter, and that he didn't show up at UFC 246. Here's the thing about this. Cowboy is the last person in the UFC who would quit. Connor broke his face, and Stephen A. Smith is about as much of an analyst as I am. He has no business calling out Cowboy like that. Even Joe Rogan addressed it, and then Smith called him wrong? Joe Rogan is one of the greatest minds to ever grace mixed martial arts. Smith may be a great journalist and know a lot about basketball, football, other sports, but he is way out of his element here. If, also, if you want a good laugh, watch his video where he's hitting mitts. It looks like he's throwing a hook at someone's dick. I'm not going to say that I can throw better than that, but I can definitely throw better than that. 
Cyborg said she is happy to be free from the UFC and felt like a slave there. Cyborg. The UFC, for one, paid your Invicta salary because they couldn't afford you. They made a title for you and a division. What more could you have wanted? I'm not a fan... Like, not a fan of the UFC because you turned down a title? Don't get me wrong. I'm glad she's in Bellator and doing her thing. But this isn't a good look in my opinion. Just move on from the UFC. Don't mention them. Like, if you really have that much bad blood, cool. Prove them wrong. Prove that you're great in Bellator. Like, there's not much of a division outside of Amanda Nunes, and you turn that rematch down. So, I mean, there's not much for you to complain about there. Also, you made a lot of money. So, the next story. A little bit of a, well, a lot of bit of a sad story. Rafael Lovato Jr. said he is out indefinitely with a rare brain condition. It's unfortunate news, but he is hopeful. Lovato said that he is out, but not retired, and that he wants to get it figured out and come back. So, I wish him for the best and for a speedy recovery. Now, in the meantime, both Gegard Mousasi and Douglas Lima are calling for a fight with each other for the vacant middleweight title. And I absolutely love that fight. I think Lima can really give Musasi some problems that he hasn't seen before, and vice versa with Musasi being the bigger guy. I think overall, Lima might be a better fighter, but Musasi is just naturally bigger and has more power. And Colby Covington's back in the news. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Colby wants to do a celebrity boxing match with 50 Cent. Damn it. Why? Just why? He also wants an immediate rematch with Usman, and I don't get it. He definitively lost. By TKO. Not even a not even a close decision. If it was like a split decision, I'd get it. But he is doubling down that the ref screwed him and he should be champ. I was really hoping that broken jaw wouldn't heal so fast. But nope, here we are. But speaking of Usman, it looks like the UFC is targeting Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal in July for International Fight Week. For anyone who doesn't know, that's the UFC's biggest fight card of the year, a bunch of fan events, and they always stack the card. And if this fight pans out, it will no doubt be the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. I don't see anything topping Cowboy versus Connor this year, but this would be close because Jorge 2019 proved Jorge Masvidal is a draw. And I'm so glad he's getting big fights, getting title opportunity because he's fun to watch. Next up, Jeff Nowitzki said John Jones is the most tested athlete he has ever seen. In 2019, he was tested a total of 42 times by USADA, the California Athletic Commission, and the Nevada Athletic Commission. I'm glad he's being heavily tested, but forgive me if there's still some skepticism there from his failed drug test that they moved a whole card for. Next up, Saudi Arabia is offering the UFC $100 million dollars to host the much-anticipated Khabib versus Conor rematch. That's a ton of money, but I don't see the UFC hosting a rematch there. If, and this is a big if, Khabib gets by Tony, then the Conor rematch will probably be in Vegas at Raiders Stadium. But honestly, I don't even want to think about the rematch until after the Khabib-Tony fight. Our final story... Diego Sanchez and Ovent St. Prue both received retroactive suspensions from USADA for failed drug tests from tainted supplements. Both were on 
Both were given three-month suspensions and are already cleared to compete. I'm glad USADA is getting better with tainted supplement issues, but both fighters and USADA need to do better with this whole thing. And I know as testing improves, more of this is going to come up. But on that end, USADA has to have, I don't want to say kind of a kind of a leeway of it, but they have to know what a tainted supplement could be. And then on the fighter's end, they have to be careful what they put in their body. I don't care if you have to get a supplement tested. Just get it tested. And now we get to move on to the pay-per-view. UFC 247. John Jones versus Dominic Reyes. I absolutely love this matchup. I think it can be the most dangerous fight John Jones has had in a long time. Reyes is six foot four with a 77-inch reach. He is a big dude. And very similar size to Gustafson, who gave him a lot of trouble in the first fight. Now... The difference here is Jones isn't going to tire Reyes out. Reyes is probably the most athletic fighter Jones has ever faced. Plus, Reyes has power and a solid ground game. That being said, Reyes has never faced anyone like John Jones. Jones is the most dominated f dominant fighter in UFC history. He may have had troubles outside the cage and with USADA, but people can't seem to figure him out at all. Tiago Santos was close with the first split decision of Jones's career. But if Reyes wants to win, he watches that fight and aims for John's legs and wears him down. Then just like, you just keep going forward. But I don't know. It's super hard for me to judge that. If Jones wants to win, he just does what got him here. Break his opponents using his range striking, keep Reyes out of optimal range because Jones has insane reach advantage still and uses wrestling and clinch when Reyes gets too close now for the fight itself I really really want to root for Reyes and I think it's going to be a fun fight but it's really hard to pick against Jones I think John will outpoint Reyes using his range Jones and his team are too smart and have a perfect game plan every time they go in there I doubt there will be a finish, but it'll be a fun fight to watch, and I'm going to go with Jones by decision. Next up, we have the co-main event, which is Valentina Shevchenko versus Caitlin Chukagian for the women's flyweight title. So, I think this will be the most dominant fight on the card. Sure, Chukagian is good, comfortable everywhere, but Shevchenko is on another level. She is the best female fighter in the UFC right now, not named Amanda Nunes, and if this is a striking battle, then Chukagian's in for a rough night. If it's a wrestling match, Chukagian can still submit her. I not submit her. Shevchenko can still commit. Ugh. Shevchenko can still submit Chukagian. Excuse me there, but she will struggle a little bit more than on than on her feet. Sure, her fight with Carmouche wasn't the best, but she played it really smart, and I think that's what's going to happen again. I don't see really a finish here. But I think we'll see a, a five-round beatdown that isn't even close. So, yeah, Shevchenko by decision. And in our last fight that I'm going to talk about, Derek Lewis versus Ir Latifi. I'm going to start off by saying someone's going to sleep. And odds are that'll be Latifi. The advantage Latifi here, the advantage Latifi has here is that he has a better gas tank. But Lewis is the bigger guy, has hands and power. And I think that Latifi will 
almost try to outstrike him with speed in the first round. And then Lewis will just counter and put him to sleep. So yeah, first or second round KO for, for Derek Lewis. And that's everything for now. Thanks for listening. And you can find the podcast at anchor.fm slash fighting dash words or on all podcast services. On Twitter at fightwordspod. My personal Twitter, Nightwing593. You can support the podcast with a monthly donation of $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month that would get you producer credit in the show notes by going to anchor.fm slash fighting dash words. Until next time, I'm Tommy, and these are Fighting Words. 